time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. I was so inspired today by a coaching call I had with a beautiful human being. And the topic wasn't new, right? We're talking about breakups. We're talking about self-love. We're talking about dating, dating again, self-trust. These are the themes that often come up in all of the coaching work I do at some point or another. But in that call, I was reminded of a short story that <laughs> that really stuck in my mind. It is by, let me double check the title. I think it's called The Swim Team. Is that what it's called? Yes. The, the story is called The Swim Team, and the book is No One Belongs Here More Than You. This is stories by Miranda July. I don't know if you know Miranda July, the artist, the writer, the filmmaker, pretty fabulous, interesting human, but this is a book of her short stories from long ago. And The Swim Team story, I don't remember the whole story, but basically we have someone teaching swimming lessons on their kitchen floor. <laughs> I just love <laughs> like, well, yeah, that kind of a story will stick with you, right? <laughs> I haven't read any other story where that's happening. Um, and what was why I brought this up, I brought this up in the call with this lovely human today is because we were talking about what I've talked about here in other episodes, where it's like there's the work of self-love there's understanding yourself, healing yourself, doing what you need to do, putting a boundary around connecting with others so that you can spend time getting to know yourself. This is a big part of self-love work is like being comfortable in your own company, getting to know and love and accept yourself. Sometimes we can distract by surrounding ourselves with lots of dating, lots of drama, lots of other people filling the wells, and we don't know how to fill our own well. So often, you know, this will come up. But every once in a while, there's this belief, and I have had this also, where you think, well, I've got to do all this healing first so that I can then you know, love someone properly, or basically this is, I think, in the category of so I can do self-love right. And I'm big finger quotes on that <laughs> because there's no right way to do self-love. It's not a, an accomplishment, right? This is a relationship that you're having with yourself. And the reason why I brought up this story uh, was to bring some humor and some, you know, analogies, metaphors. I love how so quickly the image of people taking swimming lessons on the tiled floor of like someone's kitchen in an apartment building somewhere. I love how it's just so clear to us that that's not enough. That if people want to learn how to swim, you need to be in the water. And so this isn't, you know, 
map on perfectly. It's not you don't. But what's what's what in this metaphor? Let's <laughs> before I overthink it. Basically, there's work you can do to prepare to learn to swim. If swimming in this case is being in a relationship with another person with other human beings that's what the water is the water isn't love okay the water is being in a relationship with someone else and we think like there's some way we can like put our belly down on the cold tile and like put on our nice swims trunks and (laughs) flap our arms around and like hit the cabinets if you've got a narrow kitchen and uh and like somehow like until we can get that right we can't get in the pool the idea is also that if I do this perfectly on the kitchen floor then when I get in the pool I'll be able to swim aka I won't drown aka I won't get my heart broken I won't be at risk when I go into the pool, right? We're trying to avoid heartbreak and pain. And of course we are. If you've been in a relationship before, if you've had your heart broken before, you know that there's a risk, right? So it's not your fault. (laughs) It's a really risky thing. That's part of the payoff of the intimacy and excitement and beauty that can only be created in a relationship with someone else. There's also the risk. We don't know how it's going to go. We are, we can only control what we can control at that moment in time. Also what we have capacity for, right? And everybody's afraid of the water at first, you know, well, Maybe that's not actually true. When I was a young child, (laughs) I liked to do things gradually and on my own terms. I liked to dip my toe in. I liked to, you know, take my time. Whereas my sibling, completely different. um, I have, I mean, I was not alive, I don't think at the time, but like his very young swimming lessons involve this story of him du- jumping off of the the lifeguard stand at a very very young age which I would never have done so some people it's like yeah they want to jump right in that feels good to them that works for them that doesn't work for every person right when you think about it and you think of water it's unpredictable right? It's unstable. If you're used to walking around on the land, if you're used to walking around in shoes, if you're, of course, I'm dancing right now. I'm like wiggling. (laughs) You're used to being out in the world where like you can count on the ground and gravity and all these things. You know how to operate in that world. But when your body, if you've never been in water before, it's confusing, right? It's not working the same way. We can't breathe the same way. We're not walking around the same way. And it can be really scary and unpredictable and chaotic, which is also why it's so beautiful. The things you can do in the water, you cannot do on land, right? Your weight is different. You can dance in a, you can take a leap and be floating, suspending in the air. You can't do that on the ground, (laughs) right? Um, You know, there's only so much preparation that you can do out of the water at some point. If you really want to swim, you have to get in. <laughs> that, that, that's just what has to happen, right? And so if we're looking at relationships, if we're looking at dating, maybe it's been a while. You might have been in these waters before. It might not be your first time, but you're afraid of getting back in there. And I can tell you that I know exactly 
how that feels. Because I have a feeling I've told this story here before. Um, but hey, <laughs> let's hear it again. <laughs> but when I was learning how to swim as a very young person, I have these memories of us like blowing bubbles, holding onto the flutterboard, sitting on the steps, splashing and kicking, right? Just getting acquainted with the nature of water. And then one day, the swim instructor has us all get in a line and walk to the deep, deep, deep end so that we can take the plunge, right? And nothing wrong with this. If my brother had been in this class, this would have been fine. And other kids did it and they were fine. And it wasn't actually like completely wild what she was asking us to do. It was like just jump into the water, but we were jumping right next to the ladder. So it was like a boo, big splash and then up, get the ladder, get out, you know? We were right close to the wall, right close to a ladder. And other kids in my class, pretty much everyone (laughs) but me, was ready for this moment. But I wasn't ready for this moment. I wasn't ready. So I was not ready to plunge. Others were. But plunging is not the only way in. I think that's the piece that was missing here, right? Like to get back into the waters of dating. It doesn't have to look like what you think it looks like. You might be imagining some much deeper water experience. And there's actually like a nice little shallow like uh, shore that you can just kind of splash around and slowly, gradually get yourself into the water on your own terms so that you can actually get in there so that you can actually have a pleasant experience with the water, getting to know yourself, doing it in a way that is kind and loving. I ran from my swim teacher. Let's go back to this little me on the <laughs> in the arena swimming pool <laughs> rec center. So I was running from the, the instructor who then I believe made a terrible decision to chase me, to chase this young child who was afraid. She grabbed me and threw me in the pool. And this time it wasn't anywhere near a ladder. So this wasn't, it went from you know, safe enough, but I wasn't ready for it to not actually at all safe. (laughs) She just threw me in and I forget what happened. I obviously got out and survived, but I didn't swim. I didn't trust her. I didn't trust the water. I didn't go back for a long time, probably years. And eventually I found a way in. I found a way back into the water. So if this is your dating life where it was like just too scary, you got too hurt, you got, you know, catfished or ghosted or whatever, and you're just like, I am done. I don't like this. I can't breathe here. I'm not doing it. But then years go by, like me not swimming. Whenever I would see other kids swimming, I wanted to be them. It wasn't that I didn't want to swim. I wanted to be comfortable in the water. See, I wanted to be, not just be in the water, I wanted to be comfortable in the water. I wanted to know how to navigate the water. I wanted to feel what it felt like to experience the joy that I was seeing all the other kids experience while they were splashing and playing in the pool. I didn't want fear holding me back forever so that I would never swim, right? And if you're here listening, I'm going to assume, or I'm just going to say I'm speaking to the people who do want a relationship who do want to be dating, and they're just afraid and not sure how to get back into the water. Maybe you're just reading books about swimming (laughs) and like 
playing on the kitchen floor, you know, doing the breaststroke or something like that. But that is not the same thing. So years later, little Danette found a way back in. I had a neighbor who had a pool. We would sit there. I refused to swim. And luckily, the adults let me just sit on the side. At some point, I hung out on the ladder and I sat on the ladder and I just to feel the cool water around me. And that was a baby step. That was me immersing myself in the water. So I'm not, it's not theoretical. I'm not watching from the sidelines. I am putting my body in. I'm getting in the water. Doesn't have to be a dive in. It doesn't have to be so disruptive. It can just be a slow easing in. And eventually that got comfortable. It got pleasurable. It felt nice to have the cool water on my skin. And so I started reaching my arms out, testing the ladder. Is this ladder going to hold me? Is this ladder safe? Is this ladder secure? And of course it was. And I reached out and then I was able to take bigger risks. Like, what if I hook my foot over here? Can I reach both hands out? And I started loving the way I could sway in the water without falling, without sinking. My feet had me securely attached to the ladder and I could just feel that water like moving around, swirling around on my body, on my ribs and the sunlight. So lovely. I was so motivated. Well, I want to take the next step. I'm ready for the next step. So I would go away from the ladder. I start reaching the side of the pool, inching my way down along the side of the pool, still in the shallow end, but I'm not at a ladder anymore. And then what happens if I take one arm off? What happens if I hang out here? What happens if I kick? You know, just discovering what it felt like to be in the water now. And eventually this, I don't know how long this took. Um, It was one summer, but I don't know if it was like a few weeks or months. But at some point I was practicing taking both hands off the wall and then back. Both hands off the wall and then back. And then I'd inch and do it in the deep end. Eventually, I eased myself into my own little version of a doggy paddle and just taught myself how to swim. Now, would it have been great (laughs) if the swimming instructor in charge of the children had not thrown me in? Sure. But I love that I have this story and I love that I found my own way in. And I think it's a beautiful example to bring up of how we know what the loving pace is. Loving pace is something that I call um, really just this compassionate way of like mindfully being aware of your capacity. And um, it's like a way that you can move forward that's true to you, that doesn't keep you from moving forward. It's very easy for us to want to compare and compete with other people, right? Um, If you're taking an art class and you're playing with color and shading and someone else is already rendering like um, a very realistic picture of daisies and you're just playing with color in little swatches, you know, it might be like, oh, I should be there by now. But there's a pace that we learn at. There's maybe that person has nothing but time (laughs) and you don't have that kind of time. So you're just doing it at the pace that you're going. Sometimes it's so discouraging. We think we look at someone else, we make a comparison But there's so much we don't see. You can't see under the surface of what someone's capacity is, how much support they're getting or had in the past that you didn't have. Um, Like there's just a lot of different things that we can't really gauge. It's never a fair or helpful comparison, right? 
But often when we see people doing what we think is better or going faster, those, you know, this, that story, everyone loved to tell the story of my sibling jumping off of the diving board or the lifeguard station. But I'm the only one who tells the story of being chased and thrown in the pool <laughs> because that wasn't a story that people would really be proud of. Right. It's like very cool to be like jumping off the high platform. Um, but that's not the pace for everyone. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. So if you have a friend who's on all the dating apps, having a great time, and everything's progressing quickly and wonderfully, and they're having success after success, and for some reason, it's not happening the same way for you. You might think there's something wrong with you, that you should just give up, this doesn't work for you. But I encourage you to instead ask, what is the loving pace? How can I get back into these waters in a way that feels that's going to keep me coming back, right? Like when the, when the instructor threw me in, that had me out. I was out and I, was, I didn't come back for years. If the instructor had said, now in hindsight, and of course that instructor, what, were they like 13? I, have, I don't know. I was really small. But if they had said, oh, didn't, if I had said no, because I, I passed. <laughs> Passing apparently wasn't an option, but I passed on the plunge. What she could have done instead was say, I'll hold your hand. Or why don't you just climb down the ladder then and let go? Like maybe I didn't have to jump from the side. Maybe I could have sat on the side of the pool and just kind of plopped myself in. There's lot, There was lots of other ways to get me in the water. Um, that, you know, hindsight 2020, I don't know this person. At- <laughs> what they were thinking. And, um, you know, for them, they were like, well, of course this is safe. They weren't worried about me, but I didn't know that yet. You are the caretaker of you. You know what you have the capacity for. You know how it feels when it doesn't feel right. And you won't even get that perfect, right? Of course not. It's a learning experience. But this is the thing. That's the difference between learning to swim on the kitchen floor and actually getting in the water. It's the difference of listening to podcasts about dating and actually dating, right? So the goal is to get you in the water. And the only way that you do that is with your body. It's an experience that you're having, not an experience that you're studying, right? And so whatever's going to help you get there. Again, some people plunge, but what do you need? What do you need that will help you do this at a loving pace, that will help you stay in the game, that will help you lean gently towards the water, towards what your heart really wants. If you didn't want it, you don't have to do any of this, right? But this is something that if your heart wants it, you want to create the conditions to do this in a loving way. So what does that, you know, I I described my gentle easing into the pool. Ask yourself, what does that look like for you getting into the waters of dating? What if you slowed it down so much? Like I really slowed it down, right? It's like dipping my feet in, (laughs) hanging onto a ladder. There was a lot of days where I was just hanging onto the ladder. I didn't, that was it, right? That was good enough. That felt good enough. And then I got back out, right? So like, what is the slowed down, gentle version of that? Is it just like looking at profiles? Is it imagining that you might be dating? Is it, um, you know, t- letting people know 
that you might be ready to date soon. And and what kind of supports would you want in place, right? So it's like I had the ladder. The ladder was a great support. Is there a friend or a buddy that can help you? Is there something that you can have where you know that you're not alone in this and you can get out any time? Just I want you to imagine another way of doing this because eventually you'll have more repeated experiences, actual experiences of feeling what the water might feel like. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Do you prefer it with like, you know, rapids and bubbles? Or do you prefer still water? You know, what the experience of dating is like, this is a huge topic. It can, it can look like so many different things. You don't know till you get in what your preferences are, what feels good on your body, what you want to stay with, and what's not for you. Right? So... I hope that this is helpful reminder to just be a lot more gentle with yourself. You're not broken. There are so, I speak to people all the time who are so frustrated (laughs) by dating in this day and age because it seems like there's ways we're supposed to be doing it. And if that doesn't suit your sensitivities and the way you communicate and it's not at a loving pace for you, it can seem like there aren't any options or that there's something broken about you that you're doing it wrong. But I'm here to offer you this thought of that maybe it's just the pace. And maybe if all of that belief that you were doing it wrong has like had you tucked away in your kitchen doing swimming lessons on the floor, (laughs) reading about dating but not actually doing it, I want to remind you that the only way to get back into the water is to actually get back into the water. It's not something that you can rehearse and you deserve what your heart wants. You know, you deserve to have a relationship that feels good and to explore that. And yes, it is risky. It is risky. That's part of why the joy part is so joyful and the payoff can be incredibly rewarding and fulfilling because it's vulnerable. Swimming is vulnerable. Dating is vulnerable. We don't know how that's going to go but you certainly don't know how it's going to go if you're practicing at home by yourself. You can't date by yourself. You can't swim on the kitchen floor. What will help you get your toe into the waters again? And there's no race, right? Slow down to speed things up. I really like, I don't have regrets about the swimming story. I think it's more amusing than anything else. I'm very comfortable in the water now. But if I was to look back and think about how that could have gone differently, I mean, I was going so slowly, easing myself in so slowly, but had that happened sooner, right, that would have really accelerated my experience in the water. I don't know what would have happened. You know, would I have joined a swim team? Probably not. But (laughs) would I have like done, I don't know what I would have done differently, right? But like slowing it down, If you're concerned about it going too slowly, sometimes going slow is the best way to be sustainable. In fact, that's my experience with most things personally. Habit change, right? This happens slowly, sustainably, repeated actions, repeated experiences. If you just dipped your toe in every time, you didn't even get in the water. You didn't even try on the bathing suit, but you just dipped your toe in every time. You're creating a pattern of a relationship with the water, 
of, oh, when I go by the water, I put my foot in. The next time you might go a little deeper. The next time you might roll your pant leg up a little bit. You know, it's going to take you there when it's more comfortable. And then it will be something that you can actually like get in and enjoy for the rest of your whole life, potentially, right? So I hope this was helpful for you to listen. (laughs) Dear listener, I hope this was helpful for you. It's such a self-loving thing to remember your loving pace. And in the world we live in, I know we're not encouraged to slow down that much, right? Um, So remember that it's actually courageous to do what you're doing to slow down, to do things gently, to not be in a hurry, to ask how this can be a gentle dipping of the toe and don't stop there, right? Don't stop there. Just keep on leaning in to what your heart desires. It will see you leaning. It wants you to lean into it. What you want also wants you back. You are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Thank you, as always, to Alison Tarr. Thank you to Lee Rosefair for the music. And thank you, dear listener, for sharing these episodes, recommending me and my work to other people. It is the highest compliment. It makes such a difference. And um, I just love knowing that I am helping you and that we are helping the people that we love be more loving to themselves. Take good care of yourself. Until next time.